This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now? Welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, the podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, my friend? It's going well. Excellent. Uh, so uh, it's been, what, six months since we uh, recorded the last episode, is that correct? Yeah, bit of time. Yeah, yeah because we were doing a, a television podcast such as... Cartana's Communiques, the Halo podcast, as well as a Discovery of Witches, Demons and Vampires, a Discovery of Witches podcast. Uh, so that took our time up for the past six months, and now we're back to record here. But before we do, we do have a couple other co-hosts uh, from the Canadian province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, everyone. It's Sean. I hope you're doing hey. well. Hey, Sean. And how are you doing? Uh, busy day today, but doing good. Excellent. And also in the state of Wisconsin? Amy Shelf's Rain. How are you doing? Amy, how are you? I'm going crazy, but I'm doing good. Very good, very good. Uh, we were supposed to have one other co-host, uh, Johnny from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but unfortunately uh, he had to drop out about two hours ago uh, to uh, attend to uh, his brother who had surgery this morning uh, after he oh. tore his tricep or something on friday so yeah yeah same here well you'll he's told me he'll give me further updates uh, tomorrow uh but maybe he'll join us later in the month uh but before we get into uh what we're going to talk about and what this month is uh we are at halloween boutique psychotronic reviews a podcast that talks about films such as horror sci-fi fantasy thrillers techno thrillers mysteries grindhouse and the like, but we also uh, talk about uh, books sometimes, and we do interviews to uh, filmmakers at other times, and we also do art house and films like um, foreign language and stuff as well. Uh, basically, it's the catch-all podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network. Uh, but And what is the Dark Discussions News Network? That's www.darkdiscussions.com, which is a network of podcasts that talk about films. Uh, a lot of it is uh, genre films and even horror films, uh, but it also has articles and things like that. You can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com or press the contact us menu choice on darkdiscussions.com and in either put in the subject Halloween Boutique or HBPS, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Review, oh, HBTR, whatever, something like that, something to related to this podcast, and we will read your email on the podcast, uh, whatever it is, such as your opinions or ideas or films that you've seen or your own opinion of a film that we reviewed or suggestions or anything. Um, so uh, what is the Dark Discussions News Network? Uh, Dark Discussions News Network, as I said, is a group of podcasts, which includes uh, the original podcast, Dark Discussions Podcast, which comes out weekly and discusses a genre of film, usually uh, horror or thrillers. Um, Sean, what else can people find on darkdiscussions.com? 
Oh, Phil, one of these days you need to record the, the clip that Eric does for this because he does it far better than I do. But anyways, uh, one of the options that you can do on the site is click the Patreon button, and that allows you, the listeners, if you have the financial wherewithal, to make donation to support the podcast. Uh, click the link, and it'll take you to the Patreon page, and then you can choose whatever amount of donation you want to make. Uh, for every $5 donation that you make each month, you get to choose a movie that every quarter will go into a raffle that can be picked for a special review. And so if you just were able to donate $15 a month, you could do three separate movies or just three of the same movie or whatever combination you want. And uh, the reviews are great. And because you guys do this podcast for free, any financial support is, I'm sure, much appreciated, especially for all the costs involved with websites and just all the hours and time spent doing it. So indeed, if you can support the podcast, awesome. Indeed, indeed. It's always appreciated. Uh, Any money that folks want to uh, uh, give us because we um, are free, as Sean said, and uh, expenses do pop up. Uh, for folks that are, are interested, we're also having coming up a Dark Discussions meet and greet, uh, basically April 19th weekend. August? I mean, not, not April, August 19th weekend. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Sean. <laughs> uh, we are doing a meet and greet in Mystic, Connecticut. Uh, Mystic, Connecticut uh, is right on Long Island Sound. Uh, it's a, a famous tourist area. And the Dark Discussions crew and fans are meeting there. We have about 20 people, I think, that are showing up. Uh, so anybody who is interested, uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and just type in mystic, M-Y-S-T-I-C, on the subject. And we will uh, email you uh, hotels in the area, uh, the itinerary, um, how to get there, whether it's uh, airports in the area or driving instructions. Uh, anybody who lives anywhere in the Northeast, including Southern Canada, uh, like Quebec and whatnot, uh, all could get here uh, or to Mystic within uh, easy five hours. Uh, but also if you wanted to fly, uh, you could do that. But even some people like co-host Eric of the Dark Discussions podcast who's coming from Michigan, he's actually driving. Um, and so, um, it's, it's a pretty good event. We've done it, uh, pretty much every year for the last good number of years, except for last two because of COVID, uh, and now we're, uh, returning. Um, so, uh, uh, that's just an idea. So you can come and meet all of us, um, or at least some of us, cause I know Sean, you said you probably would not be able to make it from Canada. If things change, in, maybe uh, someday, but right now, not quite. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And uh, Amy, you're always welcome to. Uh, I haven't mentioned it to you, uh, but uh, it Thank would you. be uh, good to uh, have anybody uh, join us. Um, all right. So um, let's see here. So uh, that's pretty much the house cleaning for the podcast. Uh, we do have uh, other podcasts, and we'll talk about them uh, when we lead out the episode, including uh, one that Amy does. Uh, some that Barrett and Sean have done, uh, as well as myself, um, and maybe some little news or what we've been watching if, if we do have time. Uh, but before we do get into any of that, uh, Barrett, uh, what is the theme? Not the movie, but the theme. Why, why, why are we uh, back this month specifically? 
It is LGBTQ month. Um, you'll see a lot of companies promoting it this month. Um, and we do a series of four movies, one every week of the month of June. Uh, Art House Lesbian Films. Uh, Phil goes through a bunch of movies and picks out what we're going to watch, and we watch a new one every week. Indeed, indeed. And uh, actually, uh, Amy, you were uh, uh, surprised because you, you've only joined us for thrillers and disaster movies and horror films, and, and uh, you were surprised that we were we we're actually doing uh, drama films or art house films. Yeah, yeah I totally was. Yeah, 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 sorry for... for uh, <laughs> Uh, not cl- clarifying that, but uh, hopefully it's a pleasant surprise, uh, depending on uh, uh, how happy or sad the film is, or just if whether or not you like the film. But either way, uh, we'll get into that in a moment, and that's pretty much it. So, uh, Barrett, why don't we uh, introduce uh, the first film of the four that we will be discussing in June? What is that film? So, the first film is a Netflix original called Ride or Die. Um, I don't want to get into the plot too much yet, so that's pretty much it. It is directed by, I'm going to mangle these names, I apologize now, uh, Ryuchi Hiroki, and it's written by Ching Nakamura um, and Nami Yoshikawa, and it stars Kiko Mizuhara, Honami Sato, Shinya Niro. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you did pretty good there. So uh, before we get into that, uh, let's play either the whole trailer or just a little of the trailer. It depends on whether or not if the trailer is dubbed. But uh, here we go. Let's hear some of the trailer. <laughs> Trailer has been played. Uh, so, as Barrett mentioned, yes, the film is directed by Ryuchi Hiroki, and the screenplay is by Nami Sakawa, uh, based off of the manga Gunjo by Ching Nakamura. Uh, and yeah, the two leads are Kiko Mizuhara and Hanami Sato. Uh, there's uh, other folks in the cast as well, uh, but uh, those are the, the two main critics. Uh, I mean, main actresses. Uh, the film is uh, 14 reviews on Rotten Tomato at 71% uh, 
positive reviews, uh, whatever that means to people, because uh, I know some folks don't really care about reviews. Uh, Metacritic uh, has it weighted as 64 out of 100 based of five critics. So uh, generally favorable reviews. Um, do you have the I, information? Uh, do you have the information on um, people liking it versus critics liking it? From um, that's a really good question, uh, and uh, we can we can take a look at that. I do know um, I did read some critics, uh, and I randomly searched rather than going to Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, most of them were average. Uh, one said skip it. Another said three out of four um, and such. To, and a lot of them uh, said what I think Sean is going to say uh, when he gives his thing, that it's it's a decent uh, film, but not necessarily for everybody, but we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, the reviews now are down to 69% out of 16 reviews and um, not – well, I don't know if that's surprising or not, but uh, coincidentally, uh, the audience reviews are basically the same, about 65% uh, review yeah, out of 50-plus ratings. Um, now, if we look at IMDb, because uh, they do have their own system, which uh, I did not reference yet, uh, it only has 5.5 out of 10. Mm. Uh, so, so that's uh, right in the middle, and that's with about 1,800 uh, reviews. Um, the, film is fairly, the film is fairly long, uh, which isn't uncommon for Asian cinema, whether it's uh, Japanese or at least or South Korean um, or even Thai for that matter. Uh, it's uh, two hours and 22 minutes. Um, the film is partly a thriller, partly a romance and partly a drama. Uh, and it's most certainly art house for sure. Um, and for folks who don't know what the source material is, uh, manga. Manga is basically a graphic novel, um, basically the Japanese version or term for graphic novel. And when we say graphic novel, uh, what we're talking about is, uh, you know, like The Walking Dead or something like that is a graphic novel uh, rather than straight comic book. Uh, but the same principle. It's just um, in larger form, more pages than, say, the, the typical uh, comic book. What you um, want, might want to mention is that in Japan, it's a very normal um art form to read it's not unusual like for instance in america there's kind of a prejudice against comics like grown-ups don't read comics or whatever but um which is dumb anyways but anyways um in japan like everybody reads comics yeah. and everybody watches anime. it's huge that's why there's manga sections in like uh barnes and noble, barnes and noble. <laughs> yeah 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 it's <laughs> it, it, it comics and anime which is um uh, animation comic, basically animated comics on you know TV animation um, in Japan is not just for kids. It's also for uh, adults. And when we say adults, we mean um, not pornography necessarily, just just adults. You know, like R-rated stuff, uh, blood, guts, nudity, stuff like that. Um, so when you you find anime. 
What's that? Sorry. I was going to say, and you'll get more down to earth stories, whereas like here it's all superhero or zombie or whatever. I mean, it's not all that way, like but the majority of it in, in America is like that. So that's what people think of. And, and, and it's also also children's stuff, right? You know, animation yeah, yeah, in exactly. the United States. Yeah. Yep. So, so over there, you, you would get uh, R rated stuff as well. So don't just, you know, t- turn on a Japanese. Uh, cartoon on Netflix and not be surprised if your kids are watching and, and then they start having heads explode and, and boobs showing yeah. or something. So <laughs> so you got to be careful. Um, but they do also have adult, adult meaning X-rated um, comics and graphic novels and animation as well over there. So that's you have to be careful even for that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much uh, the backstory of uh the film the film um how i heard about it um it popped up somehow last year i think it was back when we were doing last year's version uh yeah actually i'm 100 percent sure we were i was looking for um art house lesbian films for last year's halloween boutique psychotronic review themed month and this one popped up um uh, and i always had it on my radar uh because it the little blurb seemed interesting and uh, it was not chosen, but I, I had it down as a possibility for uh, a future um, themed month. Uh, and so it was the first film uh, for this month here. And uh, the reason for that is specifically because we all have Netflix and therefore it's free and easy to uh, view. Um, so uh, let's go around and dis- discuss how, how we heard about this film. And uh, what we thought about it, um, I guess I'll start because I, I kind of already explained how uh, I heard about the film, uh, to, you know, go Google or Yahoo or whatever browser, uh, art house lesbian films, boom, that, that this one popped up if you're looking for newer ones. Um, and it seemed interesting. Uh, and I remembered it. Um, and it was an easy, quick one to grab since we were getting real close to June and I hadn't done research yet or looked through uh the other selections to see if films were available but i knew this one would be because it's netflix original as barrett said so i just said you know what? i'll just let's just go with this one right off the bat boom and we chose it um so i watched it um in two nights um i think it was friday thursday and friday i think or wednesday and friday something like that um and um so the film is um, an interesting film. Uh, it's really well done. Uh, I actually liked it, uh, especially the first half. Uh, but I didn't necessarily like the characters. Um, they are not necessarily appealing. Um, but but the story was interesting all the same. Um, it's a well-made film. I mean, if you're you're into blood and and um, boobs and sex and all that it has all this stuff so it's it's a perfect midnight movie never mind an art house film if if you like that type of stuff um but it's it's not a uh necessarily a happy film uh but yeah it, it was a good film uh we'll get into a bunch of stuff including some uh excellent questions that amy uh had offline to me earlier in the day um, and uh, never mind the actual uh, plot of the, the story and stuff, and we'll talk about all that later. So, yeah, it's an interesting film. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, um, 
I like this film. I thought it was well crafted. Um, it's it's kind of surprising in the beginning, and then it becomes a kind of different film later on. Um, the, the acting was good. The cinematography was good. It's a little long. I think it could have been cut down a little bit, but you said that's, you know, like a cultural thing too. So it sounds like movies over there are made longer. Um, so it's fine. I just, there was a point where I was like, I think they could have cut about 45 minutes out of this movie. (laughs) So that was my only major concern about it, but otherwise it was a pretty good movie. It is kind of, it's sad. Um, so don't expect an uplifting movie. I don't, think it's happy at all um so anyway and i learned of it from you all right sounds good uh let's go he sean okay so i had not heard of it or come across it in my wanderings uh it was brought to my attention by yourself for the, the podcast uh let me preface before i go on that i think the movie is well done i think it's beautifully shot i think the cast is excellent but the content for me was way too dark and I could see it be very, being very triggering for people. Um, I know, and then maybe this is just me, but when I watched it, there was several points where I had to stop and just do something else. Cause it was just, it was, it did not give me a good feeling. Um, as I say, I finished it. Um, it's not my cup of tea for sure, at least with the, the way the content is presented. Um, I think, again, otherwise the movie is well done, great effort. Um, I just, as I say, for me, it was, it was very, very hard to watch. Um, but, uh, and I don't know, honestly, if someone asked me to uh, recommend it, I'm not sure who I could recommend it to. Just right. from, yes, yeah, so... All right, yeah, that's that's fair. All right, so uh, let's go with you, Amy. Um, okay, well, I heard about it through you. Um, I liked actually, I kind of liked the saying "ride or die." Like, I just always thought it was an interesting, um, I don't know, blurb, like a meme blurb or whatever it is. And um, so I was interested in it right away from hearing that. And um, then I watched it yesterday morning. Um, and. It was really confusing for me, but for my own reason, for my own personal reason, um, I am hard of hearing. So everything has the subtitles on for me. And the interesting um, thing about uh, that is that the subtitles were different than the um, voiced content. Yeah, like the voiceover um, narrative. So I was hearing one thing and then reading another thing, and my brain would yep. glitch every once in a while. Um, I think that's a Netflix thing, because I've noticed that with several foreign films, where oh, their okay. English, uh, the voiceover is different than the subtitles. And that's it makes it weird when you're watching it, because you're, as you say, you're seeing one thing and hearing something else. And sometimes they're not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And like my brain would just like stop for a second and then like kind of get lost in the plot. And yeah, it was like, ah. And then once I kind of realized what was going on, I was like, okay. And then kind of tried to like focus on one or the other a little bit more. And that cleared it up a little bit. Um, I thought that the. 
it, well, I mean, it's a different style of filmmaking because of, you know, being in East Asia um, and also having the voiceover. Um, now, I probably, probably could have put it on to, like, Japanese language, but I don't know if the subtitles would have worked. Um, but anyways, I probably should have done something like that. The voiceovers were weird at times because um, they had kind of like little girl voices almost. Um, and so that kind of weirded me out too. But um, mostly it seemed like it was really good. Um, the plot was kind of dark. I was wondering some things, which we'll get into later after the spoilers are um, uh, allowed. Um just kind of like some basic really like day-to-day questions about it um and uh other than that i thought it was i thought it was pretty i thought it was like it was a nice love story even though it was a tragic love story because um i thought it was interesting how that the characters were all very concerned with doing what was right like doing the right thing and um not necessarily I don't know how to explain it exactly. Not necessarily the legal thing, but the right thing. And then, but then also dealing with the legal parts of it. It was a, an interesting morality play that way. All right. Sounds good. Um, so uh, that's our feelings on the film. Uh, we'll discuss uh, um, with Barrett in a moment, uh, comparing it to uh, some of our other films that we did in the past quickly because uh, Sean and Amy aren't familiar with those film, those topics necessarily, but just uh, the darkness of this film compared to those films uh, and the odd, oddity of the films that we've been choosing um, and not intentionally uh, in the past as well have all been dark. So hopefully uh, maybe we'll luck out later this month with a film that isn't. Uh, but with that, uh, Barrett, uh, do we have a wiki? Or IMVP or something. Yeah. We have a wiki. Wiki, wiki. Uh, Ray helps the woman she's been in love with for years escape her abusive husband. While on the run, their feelings for each other catch fire. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, The second (laughs) sentence. Uh, The first sentence. The catch fire part. Well, kind of, kind of, but not. I mean, it does eventually, but. Yeah, and even then, it, I, I think it, it may have been fake on one side, and or, or it was of a convenience on one side. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment when we get into spoilers. Uh, so before we do get into spoilers, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or those who are already familiar with how the podcast works, uh, we don't just review films here on this podcast, but we also dissect and critique uh, films as well. So at points, we'll talk about specific. Uh, plot points, specific scenes, maybe even spoilers, uh, because the point of this podcast is to talk about also symbolism and and interesting topics like, uh, uh, as Amy mentioned, uh, um, cultural and, and, and governmental and law and all that other stuff that may be related to this film as well. Um, but and honor, honor as well, like uh, is a big focus in that yeah. culture. Sure, sure. So, uh, but what we do is we talk general stuff at first, and then we'll throw up the spoiler alert where you can then uh, shut off the podcast if you prefer and go see the film uh, if you haven't seen it already. 
Um, or you could just listen to hear what we have to say and then watch the film and say, oh, yeah, that's what they were talking about. So it's uh, up to you, but we do throw the spoiler alert so uh, not to, um, quote, unquote, ruin the film for those who prefer to not have a review that has spoilers. Uh, but we'll uh, throw that up shortly. But before we do, we'll talk about some general stuff. And uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up, which was uh, the quick one, um, because it won't necessarily include Sean or Amy. Uh, but, Farrah, uh, where would you rank this compared to the other films we've done uh, the last two years? Um, I would rank it in the upper tier. I don't know that I would say it's number one. Um, I don't think that um, it beats AWOL. Um, yeah, AWOL was amazing. It probably comes close to the one, uh, the other one we saw that year. Summer, oh, oh, uh, summer. Uh, Emily, the Summer of Love with Emily. Blunt. Yeah, Summer of Love. Uh, it comes close to that, uh, but I think that Summer of Love was a little more um, well cut, <laughs> let's say. Um, and the ones we saw last year, it's dark like the Iranian film we saw, um, yeah. it, but it's very uh, yeah. different, very different. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of that one's kind of up there. Those three together are probably number two for me. Where AWOL's number one. This oh, you one forgot, a, but you forgot the Lithuanian one. We all like that one too. Summer of oh, Samuel. Yeah. That was a yeah, really that good was one. pretty good. But that was a happier one for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I rank it up there probably in the number two area with those other two films. Um, just because I'm more drama rather than the happier films, but that's just me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would, I would concur. I, 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 AWOL was by far the best. That that film was just amazing, um, uh, to the point where I, I just think it's one of the better films I've seen in the past ten years. Um, and uh, on a side note, I actually saw the lead actress, Lola Kirk, in person, where I got to see her in concert, and I uh, got pictures with her and autographs and stuff. Uh, but also, uh, Summer of Sanguel, that was really great, too. Uh, but I would agree that... The, oh, and, and the Summer of Love, I just thought was awesome, too. I mean, that was a yeah. big one. Yeah. Well, the Summer uh, of Sanguel doesn't sit in my brain the same way, because it was a happy film. Happier, yeah, yeah. anyway. Happier, um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I really liked it, and I thought it was really good. And now that you bring it up again, yeah, it, it's definitely one of the better ones as well. But, yeah, yeah. it's in a different class to me. Sure, sure. But, yeah, I, w I would agree. This is uh, still near uh, this, the, the top tier, or top half, uh, but a little less than um, AWOL obviously, and uh, Summer of San Gal, at least for me, and, and then Summer of Love, and um, about equal to the Iranian one, I think, yeah. and that was a good one, too. And yeah. So, um, and I, I remember The Gymnast, that was pretty good, but, but I can't remember the other films, and uh, but the ones you but mentioned were, were the them, big yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Are the, those are the, the better ones. It was definitely um, better than The Gymnast, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would concur. Um, all right, so uh, now we, we can talk about other general stuff where everybody can get involved. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought the characters were, were were odd in this because because we have one character, Ray, who I guess you could argue it's kind of her story because we are introduced to her first, uh, even though it's really a, a co-lead film. Uh, but Ray was 
a strange character because it was almost like she was more infatuated and was was almost like puppy dog love of the Nane character, uh, the other lead. And Nane was not even really a lesbian and was kind of um, a user. And it was weird because we, we learned stuff about their past, and we'll get into that later. But Ray was was wealthier and Nane was poor, while as adults, they were both fairly wealthy. And Ray was trying to just was like infatuated to the point where she just wanted sex with Nane and so was willing to do almost anything to get that from their childhood, never mind all the way to adults. So she was kind of almost like she saw it as love. So that's where one of the issues is. <laughs> yeah. And it was weird too, because she was in a relationship with shit with someone else. And, you know, we'll get into that when and what she does to that. Uh, what about you? Amy, what do, what do you what do you feel about the two characters and in, in their relationship? And was it even real or was it more transactional? Because I felt it was just really transactional. One wanted to make it real or just at least have some relationship, while the other one it felt transactional. What, what was your feelings about the two of the characters? Um, I yeah, I kind of had that feeling too. It was um, a little bit confusing in that way because they're yeah, their their relationship was very strange, and you couldn't like the really close vested way that they um, dealt with emotions. Honestly, I almost like was thinking of like Vulcans and Star Trek. Like they just didn't really express their emotions very much when they showed the flashbacks as children, and then even as adults, that she didn't Ray didn't emote very much at all. It was hard to tell that she was kind of puppy dogging about um, Nene and Nene did seem to be using Ray, but it's almost like she was using her because it was thrown in her lap, not as much that she was out to use her, if that makes sense. Yep. So, yeah, it was, it was a strange thing. And then when she calls her again after all of the years and then asks her to do the big thing in this movie, in this timeline um it again it seemed to be like she was thinking who would actually do this for me and then that you know the memory of their relationship in was it high school or grade school that they were in could you can you tell high school i believe it was high school but it was a paid high school because she was a private money Yeah, yeah she needed money yeah okay so um so her memory of high school and the um, way that Ray threw herself, um, well, yeah, literally like threw herself at um, Nene was, you know, stayed in her mind. Um, did, did you guys get the feeling that Nene had paid the, um, paid Ray back for the money that she had lent her for the high school time? Yeah. No, because, uh, well, I, well, it was. I, let me explain why I said no, and you probably said yes, Barrett. Was because one of the deals was she said, if you can't pay me back, then yeah. 
then just have sex with me and that, that will be good enough. So almost like prostitution. That's why I said it was just transactional. But they never did have sex, so maybe she did pay her back. You're, she oh, paid yeah, her back. Yeah, she did. She paid her showed, back at that dinner that or restaurant. lunch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she hands okay. her an envelope full of money. That's why right. I said yes. Yes, um, you're absolutely right. And then she said, but, you won't see me again. Yeah. But there is, a, there is a key part of that moment that is important later on in the movie, um, which puts a whole different light on her thought process in space. Nene's that that I would say kind of takes away from the transactional nature of the whole business. Well, I I did read a review too that said that there is probably many things that the story could have took, and one of them was probably, and they could have gone that way. Was she? They the the reviewer said Nane was planning to intentionally. Use or take advantage of the situation, but by the end of the film, felt sorry, and 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 that's why it turned out how it did at the end, rather than how it appeared it was going to, and where one would be caught and one wouldn't. But we'll we'll get into all that too. Uh, anything further we're going to add to that, Amy? Before me and Barrett interjected. Um. Well. Should I talk about the spoiler thing or about the um, cultural things now, or should I wait till after the spoiler flag? Oh, right. Yeah. Because some of, some of those are kind of part of the plot, right? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. So yeah, let's hold on to that until right after the spoiler. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, what about you, Sean? Uh, what was your opinion of the, the, the personalities and the, and the relationship between the two characters and who they were and what was going on because uh, I know I spoke to you offline and I said, I felt yeah. it was very transactional and, and maybe I don't even think the quote unquote love for the, of the two were even real. One was more just an infatuation and just needed whatever dopamine in her head to get sex from the other one was all that mattered. While the other one um, saw an opportunity to get her school, get paid and and then finally call her years later to have something done. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to think, but what, what's your thoughts? Uh, without going spoilery, I probably – my thought was there was probably mental health issues in the yeah, characters. For sure. Uh, yeah. To whatever degree or what those specifically were, we can always maybe look at it in the spoiler section. But that was – it just – it seemed like they were broken people, maybe broken for different reasons, but they were broken and coming together at points seemed very toxic and unhealthy for all involved. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm grasping the straws or whatever, but that's how it felt to me. Um there was points where I was trying to empathize with the characters and then other points where it was hard to yeah, based on choices and perspectives or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, sure. It was, it, I would say if nothing else, it forces you to pay attention for sure. You can't not pay attention watching this. Well, and they're both, I think both women are broken by the different classes of their society in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they both have issues because of the way they were raised, 
um, and they they latch onto each other in a kind of codependent way. That's the best way of putting it, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Uh, but I do like your your point, Sean, specifically uh, behavioral health individuals. Um, I, I honestly think uh, even as as children, uh, they they had that. But again, they could have been created and not yeah. born that way. So that's or it could have been too. both. Yeah, yeah, it could have been both. I, I think it probably was a little bit of both, but. Yeah, it's like the perfect storm to create the 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 situation, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, and and there's some some interesting things about the 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 critic that said too. Uh, and and then I just heard on a podcast, not even related to this film, uh, just a couple of days ago, where uh, someone on, on the podcast, uh, this this psychiatrist, this woman, she said that she's heard women come out and said the first marriage is for money and the second marriage is for love. And then the, the critic said um, that, you know, transactional uh, people marry to get out of a certain class and stuff too. So, so there's a lot of interesting things that we will talk about for sure in the spoiler section. Um, that quote, by the way, is really old. It was uh, in, I know that it was definitely in a Charlotte Bronte novel. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Th- yeah. There's no doubt that that uh, wasn't original from that psychiatrist for sure. Um, now, uh, what do we want to talk about next? That's general uh, and not related to. going to be uh, tough because the movie yeah. starts out with a pretty big spoiler. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I so, did yeah, like the um, first girlfriend of um, of Ray's. Uh, yeah, the one she lives with. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't actually catch her name, but um, she seemed to be really nice. I, I, I felt very yes. bad. They had like, yeah. a, a little clip with her and her mom, like interacting, talking about Ray yeah. and um, and then her talking to Ray on the phone and. I did feel bad for her. She seemed like a nice lady, and um, it was kind of sad that her relationship got killed, like, instantly. And it was probably a way healthier relationship. Yeah, that that, that was an excellent point there, Amy, because, yeah, the, the, the girlfriend of Ray, who is the girl that she spurs when she goes back to Nane, um, is the whole thing is is unfortunate for that girl. And again, I, I didn't catch the name either. There's a bunch of characters here and, but the, the little blurb here doesn't uh, l- list who the characters and what actresses they played uh, that played those characters. But the girlfriend um, obviously thought the relationship was, was legit and normal. And then out of the blue, Ray just dump, basically dumps her uh, for this infatuation uh, from childhood and, or in, in her 20s. It's that like the it, one that got away, though. That, well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, it is amazing, though, how quickly she was ready to just go. Although, when she yeah. gets there to see her, she is still standoffish for a little bit. Yeah. But, but you know what? It, it's almost... But it's weird too, though, because it's 
her relationship with Nani, even as children, they weren't, there was no like commonalities. There was no uh, love between the two. It was just an infatuation by Ray for Nani, right? So it wasn't like yeah. they were dating and they broke up and then they she decided to run back when she, her old ex called yeah. her or my first true love or anything like that. It was just an infatuation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So That's, I think it was more than infatuation for her. It was almost a sickness. Yeah. Yeah, that and makes sense. Sickness. That's a good term. Yeah. And I would say for Ray's girlfriend that she dumped, yeah. I'm the, it's probably better off for her. Find yeah. someone who actually wants to love her and wants to be with her. Because yeah. that's terrible that at the drop of a hat, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. it means you're not important to them at all. Yeah. They, they were just lying to you. The, yeah, they were lying to you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was transactional yeah. for Ray using for, her girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and that's the thing is that when that scene comes up later in the film where she calls her ex-girlfriend to talk to her about what happened and her ex-girlfriend you know spilling her heart out on the phone and understanding that it's over is is a a turning point that for anybody who's left in the film that still likes ray as a person We'll probably at that point say, yeah, I don't really like Ray at all. Um, but I don't know. It depends. I mean, I mean, for me, I, I didn't really like Ray from the get go, nor Nane, to be honest. But I was trying to have some sort of pity or, or empathy for them. And based off all the flashbacks and the weird. I guess, as you called it, Barrett, sickness that Ray had for Nani, because it was just bizarre, that that made me not like really like her that much either. And then finally, when the phone call came, that really made me say, yeah, all right, she's just... Well, it's funny because I actually felt bad for both of them and the girlfriend. I felt yeah. like they had ruined themselves and i can see anybody falling into this um you know everybody has a love in their life in the past that they thought would be the one forever and you can easily ruin your life over that and never never get past it um that's what happened to her now nane i don't think she really saw it that way i think at some point in the movie she does change but in the beginning of the movie, it's all transactional to her. This is just a person she can get something from, yeah. and that's what she's doing for a long right. time. I think through half the movie, at least. Right. Well, even even at the end, I don't know if Donnie really cared either, because if, if we look at her as kind of a sociopath or some sort of anti-personality, anti or dissocial personality disorder, she kind of latches on to ray only because there's nothing and left. up and left yeah, yeah exactly yeah you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying like this is the only person that's left so i'll i'll take it but i don't know if it was even real if if she could go if things would, could be reset i would agree with you 100 yeah. percent, except for the i don't want to get into the reason why because it's okay. a spoiler sure <laughs> 
All right, so we'll we'll talk about that too when we throw up the spoiler alert. Um, let's see. Anything else anybody wanted to add about generalizations and 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 stuff about the film before we get into spoilers? Anything? No, let's. I think spoilers is where we need to be. All right. So uh, let's throw up the spoilers. Uh, so at this point. We're going to talk about anything and everything about the film. So if, if you have not seen it and you're worried about hearing what we have to say, you have been warned. Uh, so at this point, the spoiler alert is up and we will talk about everything and anything. Um, so to just set it up quick. And again, it takes it all happens within the first 10 to 15 minutes of what happens. And it makes it look like it's going to be a, a thriller more than I guess an art house film. Uh, but basically what it is, is we see this woman, uh, real attractive head to this fancy nightclub in Tokyo. And, and she goes down the stairs. It's one of those, you know, uh, cellar nightclubs and dancing and, and meeting and greeting and all that type of stuff, you know, hooking up and all that stuff. And it makes it, appear that she's a prostitute real really quick and so she gets taken back to this you know she she eyes this guy at the bar and buys him a drink and he immediately knows that it's not her hitting on him that she's a, an escort or high cost call girl whatever you want to call the, the term uh, i'll just say prostitute to make it easy and uh, he takes her back to his house because that's where she wants to do it because she says it makes it is her wife her his wife lives there yeah and it <laughs> turns her on to have it done that way rather than you know at some random hotel room and Didn't they end up at a hotel though it looked no. like a- you no, know, it's, it's a fancy apartment. It's a it's yeah. one of those wealthy, you know, sky apartments that you know okay. none of us can afford, probably. <laughs> um, so uh, she has sex with him. Uh, it's pretty graphic, like a lot of um, art house films or, or Japanese films for that matter. And then she kills him. Wow! So it, it goes. It's actually a little fast. She stabs yeah. him in the neck with a with a um not not a knife but one of those hospital uh scalpel scalpel scalpels yeah and then yeah. it's in there <laughs> for a yeah. little bit yeah and then uh, he flips out he throws her she falls on a table that breaks and and, and the, the champagne bottle breaks and he, he pulls stupidly out. pulled it out <laughs> right and so he's bleeding and he's like panicking and when he's panicking she takes the the broken champagne bottle and slices the throat and the blood sparts everywhere so it's really like a horror film thriller type thing well and she's and, a doctor so she knows where the jugular is i think that's one of the reasons that right, but gets... we don't know this yet we don't know this yet right right that yeah that, that's like the day because we see her the day before at her yep. office where she's a plastic surgeon um so she um so we think this is one of those um, either a revenge at first, I thought it was one of those things where it's going to be, okay, it's a prostitute that goes out and kills her Johns, uh, and steal and steals and robs them or whatever. But then they show her looking at this picture or they focus this picture on this, the wife. And then it came to make me think, I kind of guess what was going on, that it was a revenge on the husband for some reason. 
Uh, and so anyway, that's that's the setup, and we learn that the day the, you know they go as a flashback the day before, and she's at her office as a, as a plastic surgeon and whatnot. Um, so anybody want to add anything? I guess at this point we don't even have to go plot for plot because if people want to go, I mean we're not here to to do a synopsis of scene by scene by scene. We'll just talk about everything and anything. So yeah. can I talk about her motivation, Nanes? Because that was yeah. the part that was that was hard to bring up. So we find out later on that she's kept the money that she says we're both paying for ourselves. And so what, what, what do you mean? They're at the restaurant and she, Nane says yeah, this is a flashback. Yeah, she's it's paying. a flashback. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So they're paying for lunch after she gives her money, gives uh, Ray money back for the high school experience because so, she needed to pay money and Ray did it. And she was going to sleep with her if um, she didn't pay back. Um, so she pays her back and then they are going to pay for lunch separately. And then you find out later that she kept the money Ray was paying for hers with almost as if she cared. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly what it was or not. I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it was her kind of trophy from that. Like, hey, I got money from this person. It made a better life for me or if it was because she cared about her. It makes me question it anyway. Okay, so the 38,000 yen or 380,000 yen or whatever it was, it was like 380,000 yen, which comes to like $30,000 or something. It was and, 3 million yen. I looked it up. Yeah, that's a 3 million, 3 million yen. That's, yen. that's like about twenty-eight to $38,000 in U.S. Yep. dollars. Yep. And, and you're saying that Ray kept that money and never used it? No. Uh, Nane kept the money that Ray used to pay for her meal. Oh, yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that comes out and that actually changes how Ray feels later when she sees it. Um, unbeknownst to Nane, cause the, her little thing that she kept it in that she kept the receipt and the money. Right. So it just makes you wonder about her motivation. Nane's motivation. Did she feel something earlier? Did she feel more than we really thought? Was it all transactional for her? Or did she d- really care about her? Well, I, I'm thinking she may have cared. Anyway, an antisocial personality disorder person could care. But I think it may have been pity, maybe. I didn't get it was that feeling. hard for me to tell like, what their emotions were because it seemed – everybody seemed so emotionless except for when they'd like, yeah. like, freak out and start screaming at each other. It was like there's like no emotions like they're like I said like Vulcans in Star Trek or something. I'm like, okay, do you have any feelings about this? I think that's partly the culture though. They don't show emotions as much. Yeah, I, I would say they're very violent to Vulcans though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Amy said. Except when they were angry, um, they're Vulcans basically. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't, I don't know. You could be right, Barrett, but I've seen enough Japanese films, you know, for for the podcast and and just for my own yeah uh, and curiosity. Know how they feel? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I haven't seen yes. enough Japanese films to say. So I know they're very stoic culture. So <laughs> well, yeah, but 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 honestly, I'm with Amy here that did the that. that the two lead actresses, whether it was because they're just bad actresses or if it was intentionally written that way because they're damaged 
you know, sick people, like you said, there's a sickness or something, something's wrong with them, behavioral health, if you prefer, as, as, as you said, Sean, that they, their emotions were, were, yeah, it was almost like they were sleepwalking. Yeah. yeah. It was like, um, they, 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 it could have been that they were trying to cover their emotions from each other. Maybe that was it. Like not show right. the other person how they felt because they didn't want like yeah, their whole but... felt to be exposed. But at the same time, this, it seemed like a weird thing to do. Like you'd think you would be your most your most what? self with your, your best, you know, with the person you want to be with. Well, they didn't really trust each other, so I don't think they could be themselves. Um, right, and, and also, also they're they're playing that that dance right i mean ray yeah. you know like yeah. like wait when you when you date you know we're all heterosexuals here when we dated we've had you have to play the boy girl dance you know and you know sometimes you overthink sometimes you have to act a certain way because you don't want to screw something up or you do act a certain way because you're hoping to do something in the relationship and here nane um is most certainly uh keeping her hand to her chest so ray can't read it w- w- besides saying you know letting her in every so often so she can get whatever she wants from ray and ray every so often um shows her cards on mistake like saying saying you know when she was a kid she says all right all right if you can't pay me back for for the school uh, then just have sex with me, and that's good enough. That's all I want, you know. Um, but generally, she's she's playing that thing where she's trying to do anything and everything, whether it's blatant or around, um, you know, circular to get there to get in to Nani's dress, basically. So Nani could have just left her behind instead of picking her up in the car. I mean, they basically become like yeah. a Bonnie and Clyde at that point. And I don't understand Nane's motivation if she has no feelings at all for Ray. Yeah. Right. Unless it's like I said, or or you said, Sean, there's no one else left, right? At that point? I don't know. I think he was talking about at the very end of the movie there. But now he's talking yeah. about the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I see what I you're saying, yeah. Partially, um, partially guilt, too. Because she asked yeah. her to, I mean, she asked her to kill her husband, and that actually brings us to the, to my cultural questions. If you want to go into that, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so like my cultural questions were like, okay, what is going on here? Like, why? I'm sorry, I'm losing my phone here. Okay, like why does why do they have to go through all of this? Like. In Japan, like, what are, like, the legal rights, you know, of, of um, LGBTQ people and then women? Like, can a woman, like, divorce a man, you know? And so I looked up a little bit. I mean, it wasn't, like, an ex- extensive look. It does seem to be a bit, well, I guess America would consider it backwards. Like, um it does seem like women's rights are there, but they are. Um, They're 20 years behind us, maybe. Kind yeah. of, yeah. Like okay. um, you can get divorced from your husband, but it's you, you. It's really hard to make a living. It's hard to be by yourself as a woman. Um, and in terms of LGBTQ people, 
it's uh it's it's just it's really difficult it seems it doesn't seem as none of the i like the the main religions there are not um against lgbtq people but they seem to just be like wait what is that understand it yeah like um right it's not religious based it's culturally based yeah it's frowned upon well, and he's rich too, so that also comes into play here and there. Yeah, yeah. So women are t- treated just worse, a, a rich woman versus a rich man, you know. So. Yeah. When Amy, when you brought that question up, I thought it was good because I took a look just as, as myself to see what the situation was for divorce with uh, in Japan, and what the one of the things that I found interesting is that the divorce rate is going down. But people, because people aren't getting married now. Oh. Right. Which yeah. Yeah. The, the, the most men, believe it or not, um, aren't interested in in uh, fighting to get women over there. I've I've read as well, Sean. So they've just given up and prefer to be alone, even more so than than women, which is kind of odd because you know usually men are the ones that you know quote unquote historically anyway are, are the pursuers and yet over there a lot of men have just given up so the the marriage rate over there is 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 yeah much lower than it is in in other countries so that's an interesting point so the divorce that, rate that makes sense too but um apparently they still have like kind of like 1950s sort of setup where uh the man uh goes to work and the woman stays home and takes care of the family uh, at least according to what I read, which seems odd, but maybe it's more in the rural um, settings. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And it also depends on whether they have kids or not, and, and their birth rate over there is, is even lower than the United States' birth rate. So if if you don't have children at home, um, you wouldn't even have that dynamic where someone would stay at home to uh, watch the you know. Yeah. with the kids unless unless it's just a weird traditional where it, whether you have kids or not the woman just has to stay home and and i'm house keep i guess i, I don't know what the term so yeah it, it is interesting but if, if we look at it as a general thing where a woman that's in an abusive relationship because again you can be an uneducated woman and marry a wealthy man and that man can be decent and treat you well but here it she she's married to an abusive evil guy not that 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 um she, she you know her her um morals are any any better based off of um she didn't marry for love she married for money and that's right. part of the problem exactly yeah. it's part of the reason you know, money is that she owed um ray that money yeah, that's partly too. Yeah, and plus, you know, just just marrying for money, for some people anyway. Assuming you know someone that at least like Nane is is a good thing because your lifestyle is 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 pretty awesome. You know, she gets to live in a penthouse or or, or a fancy you know Manhattan like uh, condo. You know, is but in Tokyo. So my my guess is is there's a couple of things that could be even though it doesn't explain it which is like it is in the states when you're a woman in an abusive relationship it's kind of hard to to leave that yeah. um 
up for fear and various other things. Also, we don't, we don't know, but you know, because it wasn't said in the movie, but there could have been a um, a uh, what are those those uh, contracts before you get a prenup, a prenuptial oh. agreement. You know, so if she does divorce, she gets nothing. Could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then she's back to poor again because it uh, it appears that she you know made it through a fancy high school but uh they don't say anything about whether or not she went to college or or went to trade school and learned something so like like ray who who does have a, a skill so i was thinking it was it may have been something like that and by killing the husband uh she gets everything but then like you said barrett she decides to save Ray. But again, the film doesn't explain why she saves Ray. Is it because she really cares for Ray or is she worried that Ray will turn her into I, I mean Well and Ray's plan isn't very smart, let's be honest. I mean she yeah. goes to their house to kill him in his own bedroom and doesn't she leaves her fingerprints everywhere. Never mind the fact like she says she goes into this fancy uh, condo complex, you know, where, where the Jeffersons lived, for example, in Manhattan, <laughs> yeah. you know, where, where they have a doorman, where they have cameras everywhere. So yep. when they find a body, all they have to do is look at the cameras and they say, okay, here's this woman that went into this guy's apartment with this guy and she walks out alone. And, and the next thing, you know, he's dead. Not only alone, well, covered in blood. Sorry. Yeah, go on, Sean. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say, like, uh, riding on this point, several points in the movie, they're outright talking in public where people can hear them, and they're going through stuff. Like, when they go to the burger joint or whatever, yep. yeah. they're talking as the people in the burger joint can hear. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, and they're talking about murder. <laughs> so, right. It's, right. they I, I are either super naive... Or they just, they just don't give an F. <laughs> they don't care yeah. at that point. I think he yeah. was, him beating her, I mean, to them was just so horrific that he needed to die. So, and I can't say that, I mean, him beating her didn't necessarily deserve his death, but he wasn't a great human being. So no. I didn't, I wasn't weeping when he got killed. I was actually totally fine with it. Did they <laughs> also yeah. father? Well, I, I, I was I was I was not fine with it until after because when he died we didn't know he was a wife beater at that point. But what, what were you saying, Amy? Uh, did they also kill the father when they went? I know they went to visit him, but I wasn't quite sure if they like unplugged his life support or anything. No, they just she just left the ring. Oh, okay. It was like their good her goodbye. Oh, okay. and who was the father? Was it was it her her father in law? Not her own father, was it? I think it was her own father. I think it was so, her father. Yeah, so that's why I was confused. Yeah, what was did he, what, what was, was leaving the ring have to do with the father? I think he wanted her to marry that guy. Okay, gotcha. Okay, interesting. Yeah, all right. So, and that you know that's something that that is is movie a movie scene, not a real life type of scene, because at that point when they're on the run, they're not going to just go to places the that the cops are going to be searching for them. Yeah. Yeah. So 
because at that point they're already on the run. The, people know they're on the run. The cops are looking for them. They're not going to go to, you know, Nane's properties because that's where the cops are going to be. They're not going to go to Nani's relatives' houses because that's where the cops are going to be. Um, so walking into a hospital where, or a nursing home where the father, Nani's father is, who we find out is was abusive as well, um, that wouldn't happen in real life because if they did, they would have been arrested probably at that moment. You know, they seem really relaxed about the whole thing, but it also seems yeah. the cops weren't really in any hurry to catch them either. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that that the the story, the screenplay intentionally. Uh, has all that lackadaisical stuff because the point really wasn't them fleeing and being caught. The point was more the two women as character studies and their past and how they met. And so, yeah, that could be, you know, that, at least that's how it felt for me. Um, it, yeah, it did. It, it drew things out very long. I, I, like you were saying, it could be a uh, forty-five minute charter. I don't know about forty-five, but yeah. it yeah, it was it was a bit long a tooth. At least a half hour could have been cut from the movie. Yeah, yeah. well, and it was weird too because they show the police procedural pretty quick, where you know they're at the apartment, the cops are looking around, whatever, and then they just drop the whole plot, the police procedural plot. So it's, it's like just them running at that point. You never yeah. see anything else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and then, you know, there's, there's a cabbie who who hears them at the burger joint and and uh, eventually um, does a transactional deal deal where, where he, uh, Ray prostitutes herself, whether intentionally or not, with the taxi yeah, I was going to say, she's never asking for oh, money because yeah. she's used to having money, but yeah. he gives her money and she's like, well, OK, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 exactly. So, so that was, um, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, because she she never had to live that type of life because she's always been wealthy. So, yeah. and, and you know, what's also interesting too is that she was a virgin up until the time virgin meaning with with a heterosexual relationship up until the time she murders the husband because she oh. has sex with the husband. And that was the first time she ever had sex with a man, which was kind of interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Um, because that's what she says to Nani that she lost her virginity with her, your husband. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, you know, the taxi driver, he knew who they were. He knew they were on the run and he, picked Ray as the easier one to um, get in her, in, in her dress in a sense. So um, again, those are like weird loopholes in the story about like the police procedural and them on the run wasn't really as important as the relationship in the past of the two characters, I guess, you know? And that actually might kind of point to it being a former manga because um, manga's, if I'm right, if I'm following, if I'm following the way I think that they usually run is, is they run as serials in um, magazines. So it'll come out like um, week by week or month by month. And it's possible that in the manga, they had this like deviation side with the um, uh, cab driver and then came back to the, the main part of the story. 
So it might have been kind of like um, filler, I guess. Uh, you know, so maybe that's why they had that in there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, th- yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot, lot of comic books, and in this case, mangas, which are Japanese comics, basically, um, aren't necessarily um, thorough when it comes to reality, right? I mean. That's just just how it is, you know. Um, so that that that's all fair. I, I agree. I mean, and 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 whatever, you know. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah, and it's what you take from the source material too, right? Because you could have the yeah. source material be extremely detailed and yes. not follow that when you actually make your your version of it. That's true because we, I know a lot of um, mangas. Uh, that are adapted to like anime uh, or movies and the mangas are, you know, 800, a thousand pages, you know, t- uh, 20 seasons of, of manga and, and it's condensed to a two hour film yeah. or, or a six hour anime, you know, so. like what I said to you, Phil, like for me, watching some of the abuse scenes in this were really, really hard um, and when I was reading that, you know, this was based on a manga, that the manga itself was even more violent. Right. Wow. Like that's to me, that's like, oh my gosh, like this was too much for me to stomach the way, sure. the way it's presented because I've like, I'm sure we've, we've all seen yeah. different abuse and stuff in other movies, but there's just yeah. something the way it was, the way it was presented. There's that a lot of mental so abuse. Jarring. Yeah, well, it was a mental lot of abuse mental and abuse. the physical abuse too, right? Yeah. But yeah. it was well, very jarring. Well, the, well, that's the thing about about um, a lot of this 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 Japanese stuff, I guess, is is that they go to the extreme. So, for even even the the murder scene was literally over the top, like grindhouse Italian giallo type horror. You know, like where, it was where, total horror to me. Yeah, blood, like guts, especially blood and everywhere. So the girl is naked, the, and, and, her, and her her torso and, and breasts are, are you know splattered with blood because and and it's not her blood; it's her doing the killing. And and then of course the sex scenes uh, for folks who are are unfamiliar. The the first sex scene between the man and the woman was was graphic, but but it's it's pretty common, you know you know HBO uh, soft core type graphic but the late lesbian scene what was was in my opinion like as if it, i was watching a pornography because it was that it was, yeah, it was i think it, i think they i think they actually actually did the sex scene it wasn't uh um uh simulated so yeah, this this film like like everything, and, and then you just mentioned Sean the 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 physical abuse between the characters, whether it's the man beating up the woman, whether it's the two women beating each other up at points. Never mind uh, the mental abuse, as you said, Barrett. Everything is is like full blown crazy in this film when it comes to graphic, whether it's sex, violence, or mental uh, abuse. Well- and I think this movie would not be, has been as effective if because of its length. I don't think it would have been as effective if it hadn't had that edge to it. That it just was so over the top, like in feeling that it was hard to look away and hard to watch at the same time. 
So that made it more effective for me. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I read, read a little review earlier from last year when we were, you know, was picking the films for last year's and I, I knew the film had a lot of, um, violence and, and nudity and sex, but I, I wasn't expecting grindhouse violence and, and, uh, uh, grindhouse nudity and sex either. You know, I, I was just expecting, uh, well, the grindhouse <laughs> violence starts like in the first 10 minutes. You're like, Holy crap. So right. it really sets the tone of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it, it is, it, uh, it, it is a shocking film in all forms. It's, it's definitely not a, a film that I would have, um, recommended to someone like, um, one of our co-hosts, uh, Kevin Letts, for example, right? Oh, you would not like this. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even know. I mean, I can see my, both my parents. You know, they're, they're you know rest their souls. Um, but I, I can see my parents appreciating the film, but I still don't even know if I would have recommended it to them just for the fact that it's it's a crazy. You know, you know. I mean, I've recommended Quentin Tarantino films, and and his blood is crazy, but <laughs> the 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 film is just like strange you know like yeah well like i like like i was saying when i watch when you see the the murder scene and again we've seen lots of murder scenes and horror and all different variations of it right but it was the sequence when they're showing the husband abusing nene and Mm -hmm. just the graphicness of it that's like one of the points where i just had to stop like i I needed a break because it was so intense. Yeah. And um, as I say, like, again, we see this, you know, stuff that's a little similar, I guess, in different, in different movies, but for some reason it was just the intensity and the way it was shot or whatever. Just, it just, it made it almost too realistic. And her bruises looked real, right? Yeah. Yes. And it was hard to, it was hard to watch that. At least, right. I mean, for me, like, and as I said, that's why it was, I was, had a real hard time, like, continuing through it because I couldn't get those images out of my head. Right, right. So that means uh, the filmmaker did a good job. I, that was the intent of, of those scenes, right? I was, that, that's also where I would have, a, like, as I say, have difficulty recommending it to anyone. Sure. That I know. Based on that, because I don't want anybody to feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, at, watching, right? as horror fans, we're all horror fans. Yeah. From from the murder, no, it, it's it's not a problem. We, we would all recommend it just for the, the for the the gore. Now, no, I wouldn't recommend it uh, to squeamish people or 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 people that wouldn't necessarily watch the horror films that we watch. Um, also the sex and violence together was, was one of the, the reasons why basic instinct originally got an NC 17 because of the ice yep. pick with, with, yeah. while, while she's having sex with him and the blood goes all over and all that. It's the same kind of idea. So this is, this is definitely that type of, of, of violence. Now the abuse, I agree because the, the abuse is, is almost as, as bad as, as, films that we've seen that have rapes in them that are pretty graphic. So I, I concur completely with you on that, Kevin. I mean, Kevin, I mean, I'll show him because Kevin's the user, the one that says stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then the new, the sex, um, anybody who, who 
has no issues with softcore porn and, and even hardcore porn, it's not a problem either. But if you're, you're, you have problems with that stuff, and it, it's definitely the type of stuff that I, you know, I would have to turn around to make sure my wife's not walking in and say, what the hell are you watching? You yeah, know, there's no violence with the sex. Let's be clear on that. But there's violence all surrounding it, which impacts the sexual scenes, yeah. I think. Well, right. Well, right. And, and then just the last sex scene at the end, the lesbian one, that, that was straight pornography, you know, and not that that was a problem for me because it was part of the film, you know, it's art house film. And I expect to see stuff like that in art house films. One of my uh, favorite films from the past 10 years is Starlet, which was directed by Sean Baker, Academy Award nominated director. And that actually had pornography in it and, or, or similar to this where it was as graphic as this, but I was, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting that when I was watching the film, you know, uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're going there." This is this, this is this is you know X-rated. You know, it was truly was. So, um, so that was surprising too. So because of that, I wouldn't recommend the film for a lot of people either. You know, I was actually surprised how graphic it was for Netflix. I don't think I've watched anything else on Netflix quite that graphic. Not that yeah. they don't exist. I they just do, haven't seen yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, like 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 Gaspar No has a film called Lover or something like that that came out a couple of years ago and that was Netflix and and that's has actual pornography in it too. So it didn't surprise me. It's just that you have to search through Netflix to find those films because they do exist. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. I I hadn't heard nothing about it being when it said graphic, I just assumed it was soft core. You know, I didn't yeah. expect it to actually be <laughs> it's, graphic. It's not like it says smoking, and I think you see smoking once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's too funny. Anyway, um, so the, that, that's that's the, the the feel of the film and the the rating of the film. Uh, but if we go back to the plot uh, or things of that nature um, – what else do we want to talk about uh, or get into that we, we had on our list that we wanted to bring up? Anybody have anything? I think I the part, the... go ahead. You go, you go first. I've talked enough. Um, <laughs> I thought the um, part where she was talking to her family, to her brother and uh, sister-in-law was interesting. Like, um, first of all, their take on the fact that she is wanted by the police and um, their take on her girlfriend and stuff. And again, um, with the Vulcan thing, like I thought that it was a strange reaction for the, um, for uh, Ray and Nani that they were just, they're just kind of like, yep, we did it. Anyways. Um, Even the family's response was weird because it was like, just go to prison, get it over with. Like it was no big deal. Yeah. Like, she was going to be out in a year or two. <laughs> yeah, it was really kind of odd. And then the um, the way that they like talked the sister-in-law to let them go was like, what would you do if you had if you had were in the situation? I think is what they said to her. And she was just like, okay, yeah, I see it. And, um, and then she was trying to explain to the, um, husband who either was the best actor of all of them, or he didn't get the memo on the Vulcan thing because he just, he was actually like, you know, freaking out and like, he was having like normal emotions 
um, because he was very upset by the whole thing. Uh, I think this is where we're getting into the cultural thing, though, because the women are being they don't have as much power as the men. So she understood where they were coming from because they had a forbidden love and he couldn't understand it because everything he could ever want would he could have. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah. But I don't think that they were they weren't running because of their love. I think they were mostly running because of the um right. the, the killing and um it, I don't think that he could really understand the the kill, you know, like he couldn't understand the they were being abused. Now, honestly, I couldn't really tell that they ever told him that she was being abused if that Nani was being abused. So there's but, that. I don't know. But but again, right? So so this this was this was Ray's family, right? Yeah. Right. So so you know they already knew Ray was um you know homosexuals. So yeah. and they knew she was living with another woman, and they knew that she was a, a doctor and had had a, a good profession and and all this other stuff. So I, I think um w- with with the point where he's shocked about the murder more than the homosexuality because at that point he's already accepted that whether or not he agreed with it you know that's his sister you know or or whatever and he knows that's who she is and that's what she she does and and you know her lifestyle whatever it is what it is i think it's her throwing away her job and her relationship with the girl she's with for this other person and to murder you know it, it it didn't fit her personality at least to the brother so what the hell happened you know yeah i guess i mean that's that's how i i looked at it but and it does go back to that sickness which why would he understand that anyway it, she's focused on this girl and she would do anything for her right. since she was in high school so. Right, right. So I don't even know if it is cultural. I mean, we could look at it culturally, of course, because it is a, a different nation and whatever. But I, I felt the reaction was more like, "Yeah, what, what, the, what the hell are you doing? You're my sister. You've, you're successful. You're in a relationship, and you throw everything away, and also your soul, assuming you believe in the afterlife, by murdering someone, whether or not that person was a scumbag." It just it just doesn't make any sense. And well, when I say cultural, I mean the way women are treated versus men, and that's why he couldn't understand it. Whereas the the sister in law could understand what they were fighting against in her mind. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, and that, that's true. The, the sister in law, uh, you know, was a woman to to other women, and understands, and and maybe even understands um, as as a lot of folks do that there's bad people in the world and and knows that the sister-in-law ray isn't quote-unquote evil even if she did something evil so that's why she has more empathy but again she hasn't lived with the sister-in-law or known the sister-in-law her entire life like the brother did obviously right so that's a different dynamic than uh someone that, that is looking at 
what, this is my sister. I've known you for my whole life. And what did you just do? Never mind. Like you said, if it is cultural, Barrett, you know, I, and I don't know how it is over there, but you know, you just tainted the family name too, maybe. I, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Um, but again, I, I think that would be even here in the States or in Canada, which is like, Oh my God, my, you, you, my brother just killed somebody or my sister just killed somebody. And people are all looking at me like, Oh my God, hey, oh. whispering at the restaurant when I'm out at the restaurant. Oh, that's Phil. His sister murdered someone. I, you know, I can't believe it. That's it. Look at him. Look, what do you not think? just like you know? shot them, like <laughs> stabbed them in the jugular and they, their blood right. burst out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty gruesome murder. It's not just like a, a, a bullet hole and, 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 and like a, mo- a mob hit, you know, I mean, she, it was, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I have to say that whole scene, there's a couple of things. One thing that was, I had an issue with that scene was, is that again, the cops, I, I can't believe they would go to a building that the cops would be monitoring probably. And but even more so, it, I felt that whole scene uh, was a major stop in the film. I, I, I was kind of bored throughout that whole scene. The whole thing with the, the brother and sister-in-law and, yeah. and the whole twenty minutes that that whole thing took kind of slowed the film down big. I felt. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. But it needed the time for them to come to their realization that they loved each other. And so then they go on the run again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, though? Whether they loved each other or not, at that point, okay. her, her running, the meaning Nani, even though she didn't do the killing, she she becomes as guilty in law enforcement because she's running, too. Why would she be running unless she... Well, she is guilty. Also. She did it. That's why I think having, yeah. right from the very beginning, letting her in the car made her culpable completely. Yeah. Right. So, right. right. They yeah, did play it off that she wasn't, though. Like, they were holding her back, and they were holding her, it seemed, but it, it right. when she's like, I'll wait for you, it was like she yeah. wasn't going to get any charge, or they didn't suspect that she was going to get any charge. Right, right. Because when the film does end, Ray's arrested. Nani may or may not be arrested, but she's definitely held back and will be brought in for questioning. But again, it just ends there, and and we don't know what will happen later. Well, you know, will Ray turn and say, "Yeah, I was." She asked me to do it, or would she lie and say, "No, I did this all by myself"? Or would Nani cover her own ass, or would she throw herself under the bus? And say no, I had I convinced Ray to do it as well, and I'm as guilty as her. You know, we don't know what will happen. No, I think she would throw herself under the bus. Sequence, Go ahead, sorry, Tom. No, sorry, I apologize. I was just going to say, look at the sequence when they were playing the game and having the dinner or whatever, and where now yeah, they're playing life, the game of life. But yeah, it was, you know, says how she like expected her to just take the fall, and then Ray snaps, and then like takes becomes an abuser like a physical abuser right yeah. she goes right after throws the the bottle or whatever and smacks her yeah. and yeah. it's like, and it's only stopped because someone knocks on the door right yeah <laughs> she doesn't feel bad about it it doesn't seem like no yeah so it seems like uh, you know 
whether it was intentional or not, she went then a you know went from one abuser to another. Yeah, yeah. that's such a fair point. That's what I, yeah. that's what I felt, but right. But she well, chose I, both of her abusers. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. And 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 you know, I mean, Ray, whether she loved Donna or not, I mean, she had no problem killing killing, and she had no problem killing gruesomely too. You know, I mean, she. You know, even if the guy was a scumbag, and okay, she, there was a there's a logical reason why she did it. Even you know, even even if it makes no sense in, in the big picture, she, I mean, who in their right mind would would go for and to uh, you know listen to an ex boyfriend or ex girlfriend and say, okay, I'll kill that person for you? I mean. Not many people would do that. So well, she does show all the bruises, which helps get her along. True, true. But would most people do say, okay, I'm going to set up this plan, actually have sex with the guy, and then stab it's him? Elaborate. With a, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 something that most normal human beings wouldn't do. Meaning, yeah, meaning Ray is hugely has mental. Or behavioral health issues because no normal person would out of the blue just suddenly become a murderer even if they were shown bruises in the abuse that well it's friend. not just that she has actual sex with him and right. she's not heterosexual yeah um right. so she goes through all that just to kill him she could have killed him sooner <laughs> i mean yeah. he was he could have been just as prone standing in front of her as yeah. it was, you know, waiting until after the sex was done. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, because she had the scalpel the whole time. She could have just right. run with him at any point. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. So the whole thing was bizarre. She she's definitely not right in the head. So yeah, that that's a that's a an interesting aspect about Ray and and how she snapped. And again, I can see her why she snapped, because she did this and you know, Nani's. She had this weird infatuation with Nani or sickness for Nani. That when she felt Nani betrayed her at that moment when they're playing the game, she became an abuser and went nuts. And I was like, and she probably would have killed Nani. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if there was not a knock on the door for the pizza or whatever it was. <laughs> Nani Nani could have been beaten to a pulp or even killed. You know, but. Yeah. Which goes back to what we talked about, about the mental health or behavioral issues, right? You got to say that Nane knew what was coming, too. Like, she was taunting her, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're not normal people, for sure. And they're toxic together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't want to say they're... I mean, I don't know. I guess the best term to sound as polite as possible is that very both of them are toxic people and people I would not want in my life. No matter how good or bad their lives have been. You know, Nani's had a shitty life, even though she's become a multimillionaire. And Ray has had a wealthy life, though probably some bigotry because of her sexuality. But still a pretty good life because she's financially successful and all this other stuff, that all in all, neither of the people would be people I would want to associate with, for sure. That's for sure. 
that's pretty, yeah, that's, I definitely came out with the feeling after this movie of, wow, that's a lot of people I'd never want to meet. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, pretty much. I mean, the only person that seemed okay, straight to the bone was the brother, because even the sister-in-law let them go. The brother was the one that wanted to make everything correct saying, you know, these things happened. It's bad. Whether the reasons are make sense or illogical or not, you still have to pay for the crime. You can't go on the run. There's no such thing. You're there's anybody who goes on the run, you know, it's not going to, not going to work out. And it's not like it was done out of defense. Like, again, I don't, I think my husband was terrible, but it wasn't like Nane was in the midst of being brutalized and out of defense for her life killed right. him. This yeah. was totally premeditated. Premeditated. And yeah. Ray did everything that made it even more in you know uh intended or whatever. Like there wasn't it wasn't like, oh, this happened by mistake or this went too far. Like, no, this was exactly what she wanted and drawing it out as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's like so that aspect, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the situation, like it's hard to to find any defense, right? I mean, aside from the fact that he was a terrible person and yeah. needed to be stopped some way. Maybe I mean, not in that like, matter. Mental, like mental problem, you know, because she had been abused for so long. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I it was highly unlikely that she was going to get out on any any point. Yeah. For that. Right. Well, and also even even Ray, um, te- like you said, Barrett, why did she have sex with him? She didn't have to, you know. And then even when she had sex with the cab driver later, it was like, what was the point of that? It, it's like yeah. there's something there's something something strange going on in her head that even the film doesn't really explain either. It just lets us, it just puts it out there, you know, that she's willing to have sex with them, even though she didn't have to. And then the cab driver, what was the point of that? You know? Well, and it begs the question, is she bisexual or really gay? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I would exactly. say it doesn't look like she enjoyed either of the situations <laughs> that she was in with the men. It seemed right. one was out so she could murder one, and yeah. the other one was somehow transactional. Well, but she didn't even ask for the money. He, out of the blue, right. he wasn't, she wasn't even expecting the money. He just said, oh, by the way, I'll give you this money because, hey, you know, you probably right. need it. Yeah. She had the sex because she wanted to have it. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't but then, even again, trans- as she was having it, looked absolutely miserable. That's true. But you know what? I'm thinking, all right, let's say she is a lesbian and not bisexual. I don't even think she liked really the girl she was dating or, or married to because, you know, she, she came home and she was all bubbly drunk in the bathtub and, and Ray didn't even really seem like she was into her. And yeah. the film was trying to make her, the girl look like flighty or something, you know, later in the film, they, they make her more sympathetic. And, Ray was like, oh, you know, I just need someone to 
live with. It's a power thing for her. You yeah, know? yeah. Just having sex with the people made her feel like she had power over them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that could be it for sure. Yeah, and and so all, all she, the only thing that mattered to her, it seems, whether it was deep down, and she forgot about her, and it came, or it was came back up every so often, was Nani. And then when Nani calls, boom, it all comes right back. Yes, I'll be right there, and that's it. So whether it was heterosexual or homosexual, none of it mattered except for Nani. And even then, she showed that she had that power thing over Nani where she was willing to, it was, it was sick because she was weak and did anything Nani said, but then she had no problem beating up Nani and, and being violent with her either. So yeah, it's just sick. I mean, I I don't know how else to explain it without sounding derogatory, but that's what it was. So basically, I think that we have talked ourselves, all of us, out of liking the movie at all. <laughs> well, not necessarily, because you, you can still like a character studies of bad yeah. people, you know, but um, or in dark films. But yeah, but but it's definitely, yeah, the characters aren't, aren't likable that much at all. It's just not um, one I'm going to go back and watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've watched dark movies before, and I've watched, you know, very difficult movies before, yeah. and and had an ability to go and revisit them, maybe for a different perspective or whatever. I have, like, for me, there's just no desire to with this one. Right. And well, again, and- as I say, like, it's well done. It's not a question of that. It's just the subject matter and handling of it, I guess, for me. Well, I, I don't want to sound sound like the movie has no value, but... yeah. Because it, it does, and, and it is a good film, even if it's not for everybody. I mean, it may not be for you, Sean, but it is yeah, a good film. Exactly, and you even, totally and, understood. And, and you, you even admit it's a good film. But um, th- honestly, the film is probably the best for some uh, 12-year-old boys who have a remote that they can fast-forward to the bloody killing scene and, and the sex scenes. I mean, seriously, I could see a 12-year-old who finds this on Netflix because their parents forgot to locked account and this would be their film because oh my god this is an awesome kill and also she, you get to see her have sex with the guy and she's hot and then oh my god these two chicks are and they're really doing it oh my god yeah so <laughs> it's it's really like a, a 12 year old boy's dream this film honestly <laughs> and that, that was is the, the perfect audience fast forwarding forwarding 90 percent of the film you know which that's, yeah it just kind of defeats it as a um sure uh, pride month uh, pick but yeah. yeah, yeah, right, kind of, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and again, it, that's the interesting thing about a lot of these Pride Month films that me and Barrett have done in the past, never mind with this film, is that a lot of them have uh, a gay and lesbian theme, or, or specifically lesbian theme, because they're lesbian art house films, but that is there just because the director or writer were either gay and and or lesbian and, and they wanted you know to focus on that as part of the main characters but most of these films aren't really even if they are quote-unquote lgbtq films oddly are more something else wouldn't you agree with Ooh. that barrett yeah yeah you know because like a wall was was really more about class 
as was A Summer of Love, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie was about class, honestly. Yeah. It was about yeah. their disparate positions in society and where one had more power than the other. And th- they kind of just kind of melded on it. And, and from there, everything went haywire. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the lesbian themes of a lot of these films are front and center for the promoting of the film, not necessarily by the creators, but by the fact that the characters in the film are um, LGBTQ. So immediately the film's just going to be tagged as an LGBTQ film. But a lot of the, that isn't necessarily the main point of the film. Otherwise it just happens to be what the film is, is targeted as for a certain community, I guess. So Amy's point, your point, Amy, about that, yeah, they could, this film is kind of defeats the purpose of the lesbian aspect of the film in yeah. some ways, even if it is a lesbian film, you know. I do also kind of wonder, and this may not be completely true at all. I mean, it with the the manga beginning of it. Like, I'm wondering if there were some, like, boxes that it needed to tick off, you know, to be closer to the manga. And maybe some of the weirdness is because of that. I don't know. I I also wonder if the manga tells the story better. Yeah. Because it has a better, like, it it has a longer format, so it can get more into what, you know, know, it's like any story, right? Where the written story can show you what they're thinking. Right, that's what I was thinking, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the the visual product can only give you some aspects of it, right? Unless yeah. there's vo- unless there's a voiceover for characters, right? Yeah, yeah. And this and film that only works sometimes, that. and that only yeah. works sometimes, right? And this film didn't even have that. So we like as you said, Amy. There's a lot of Vulcan acting by the characters. Yeah. That and and we don't have the inner monologue that we would see in the manga yeah. or in a novel that yeah it makes it makes you wonder if the manga um is easier to to understand what's really going on and i i would bet the manga um and i, I believe uh the, the manga is written by a man um uh okay that might make me uh, ching, ching nakamura ching i don't know if ching is a, a boy's or a girl's name to be honest yeah uh written and illustrated by to be by blah 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 um, Nakamura was first planned to resume the manga. However, her oh no, it's a girl. Okay, so Ma- a Ching oh. is a girl. Okay, so it is written by a woman. Um, but the thing is, is um, was she she may be gay herself? We don't. I I I don't know. But assuming she is gay, and she would choose characters to be gay and focus on a love story that would be gay but the manga i bet was more than their love story and it was more maybe character studies and and things like that you know yeah. so that could have been a case too um again like like i mentioned about awol and i really talked about it a lot uh, on that podcast that me and barrett did two years ago um and when we posted on Twitter and the director found it, 
she said that we got it perfectly because the film was really a film about white trash and and how those people are forgotten by society versus say other minorities who have it bad but aren't forgotten by society so poor whites in some ways are worse off nowadays than minorities because minorities people pay attention to while poor whites are forgotten class altogether and and again i'm not agreeing with that necessarily i'm just saying that's what the film felt like and Mm -hmm. the director said said that's exactly what she was trying to get in AWOL. So the film was not really an LGBTQ film, even though the writer and director were both lesbians. It was really about poor white people. So, well, so I don't it, think you can have just a film about LGBTQ. I mean, there's going to be always all the human issues that everybody runs into. So, right, right. Unless, you know, there, there is some you can, you know, like, like Philadelphia was generally like that. Well, that was also about age too, but, but a lot of those films are now passe. And now since people of that LGBT community can now get films done about what they really want to do, which is they want to do films about people or about thrillers or about whatever. And they just want strong LGBTQ characters as the leads a lot of LGBTQ films aren't about LGBTQ anymore, right? So that's what I think you're trying to say, right, Barrett? Yeah. Okay. I, I or it's just a fa- it's a facet of the whole thing. Right, right. Exactly. And all narratives are going to have all aspects of everything when you get down to it. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else anything else uh, any other scenes or, or things that people had on their list that they wanted to bring up about this film before uh we can start wrapping it up anything nothing so much and unfortunately i have to go really soon all right fair enough so that's good that, that, because it seems like we're about to wrap it up anyway so uh let's uh give our um final thoughts on the film uh and, but before we do, uh, Amy, you actually do another podcast that isn't very prolific, but um, you do you do have some uh, episodes out. You actually did a, a top fifteen, a best horror films of twenty twenty one episode. What what is that podcast? Oh, that podcast is Fishnets and Phantoms. Um, basically, it's my podcast on horror movies, uh, art house movies, um, and genre movies in general. And uh, it is uh, very sporadic. Um, right now, I am having like computer issues, and I am in search of a good podcasting, um, uh, I guess, software, um, it, um, something, some, some sort of app that works well with iPods, iPads, um, because that is something that I can uh, move about portably more often. So if anybody has any ideas on that, that would be a great thing. And then I could do that more often. Um, so I have um, some ideas hooked up. And then also I am thinking also about possibly um, going into a podcast with my husband and another friend. So we're going to look at that um, and you will hear more about it in the near future. All right. Sounds good. And uh, people can find Phantoms. 
Officials and Phantoms podcast, wherever podcasts are found uh, under that name. Uh, it also can be found on darkdiscussions.com um because all the episodes are placed there as well and also uh, i actually add them to the dark discussions podcast feed as well uh so anybody who gets the dark discussions podcast feed which is the main feed on the on um the network uh i throw uh fishnets and phantoms on there because uh uh, some folks have uh um have mentioned that they they thought your podcast was pretty good so i said "Eh, i'll throw it in and let people hear your stuff as well um that very much absolutely uh now um uh sean me you barrett and mike dunlevy uh just wrapped up the podcast yes we did uh cortana's communiques for the halo podcast following the and what was that first season, the first season of halo based, on what station is that on that was paramount plus right okay and uh yeah folks can find that podcast wherever podcasts are found under that name. But also, uh, I also put that podcast on the Dark Discussions podcast feed as well because it uh, includes all of us. Uh, so it's the same co-host. So uh, folks who are always uh, interested in the Dark Discussions podcast will be able to get that feed as well. Um, and uh, also, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews has its own feed, but it's also under the Dark Discussions podcast feed. So... Um, the Dark Discussion podcast feed basically includes um, all the podcasts that have your co-hosts that you're listening to tonight on. Uh, so it includes Dark Discussions podcast, as well as Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, as well as the Cortana's Communiques podcast, as well as uh, the Dark Discussion podcast, as well as Fishness and Phantoms podcast. So it has all the, the podcasts of the same co-hosts. Um, all right, so let's get into our final thoughts on this film here. So uh, let's start with you, Amy. I did like this movie. It was an odd movie. I don't think I'm going to be like running to watch it again, but I wouldn't mind watching it again. Make make it might clear up a couple um, confusions that I had with it. Um, it is it is grim. It is pretty dark in places, um, but it is interesting. It is like. Um, something that grabs your attention and you um, are curious as to what's going to happen and uh, what is the state of the characters. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Yeah. For me. um, Yeah. I I like the film. Uh, I'm into dramas anyway, and I'm into art house films and stuff probably even more so than, than horror or genre films. Um, Excluding maybe thrillers. Thrillers are probably are, are um, as equal to drama and art house for me. Um, so I, I liked it in that aspect. So again, uh, Barrett had some points where, you know, if they cut off 20 minutes here, 45 minutes here, uh, the film could have uh, flowed a little better maybe. Um, but um, I, I liked it. Uh, but also uh, as, as a midnight movie, uh, this is a great movie as well for folks who like midnight movies because there's plenty of uh, blood uh, right at the beginning. And then there's a lot of... Um, boobs and and nudity and full frontal and everything i mean it was just shocking how how much that was in this film i was not expecting uh so it has those midnight movies from the 70s and 80s um that you know midnight grindhouse drive-in cinema 
would have. So people who like those type of films would have, it has blood and boobs, basically. Um, and also, uh, if you're a 12-year-old boy, but you shouldn't be watching it. Um, but all in all, um, it's, it's a, I like the film, but it is definitely a mixed film. It had some issues, and it definitely isn't a recommend for many, many people. It's, it's for a specific audience of folk, um, for sure. Uh, let's go with you, Sean. Uh, so I'll just kind of reiterate what I said from the start, which is it's filmed beautifully. The cast is excellent. Um, the, the, just the, the, I guess the subject matter content of it uh, was really dark. And as I say, the presentation of some of the abuse and stuff was just for me, was just too much um, and unpleasant. And as I say, I, I respect the director and the efforts of everyone involved in the movie, but I, I didn't really enjoy it just from that aspect. Uh, and I don't know who I, as I say, who I would consider recommending it to um, out of the people I know. But that doesn't mean that other people can't enjoy it or, or get much more out of it. Uh, and as I say, I try, I'm not trying to, to uh, take anything away from it. it. It just, it wasn't for me. Just the way that presentation of the abuse stuff was. All right, very good. Uh, Barrett? Yeah, I like this movie. Um, like I said, it could be shortened a little, I think, or maybe edited a little better to make it flow better, but it was a great film. I enjoyed watching it. Um, it is very grim. Uh, you need to be into dark dramas to probably enjoy it. Um, but other than that, I think that what Sean said applies and what Phil said applies, what everybody said applies. So just go into it knowing those things. And if you watch it based on what we just said, uh, you'll likely enjoy it if you think you'll enjoy those aspects. All right, sounds good. So uh, once again, uh, the film that we uh, just reviewed is called Ride or Die, based off of uh, Junjo, uh, the manga written by the woman Ching Nakamura. Uh, the film uh, can be found on Netflix right now. It came out April 2021, uh, April 15th, 2021 to be specific, uh, directed by Ryuchi Hiroki. And... Um, also starring Kiko Mizuhara and Honami Sato. Uh, film is getting uh, mixed to positive reviews by critics, uh, while uh, fans, uh, depending on which site you look at, either 50-50 or have the same thoughts as the critics. Uh, so uh, next week we'll be back with another LGBT, or well, let me rephrase, another lesbian art house film uh, that will be chosen um, soon. Uh, again, we're, we're uh, doing it uh, weekly, so uh, you'll just have to wait until next week to know what the topic is. And that's pretty much it, except you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and give us your thoughts on the podcast or ideas you have and whatnot. Uh, we want to thank uh, both uh, Sean and Amy for joining us uh, this week. Hopefully they'll be back next week with us as well. Um, and with all that stated, Bert, why don't you lead us out? Thanks again for joining us on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews for LGBTQ Month. Uh, look forward to our next showing and speaking on uh, next Sunday.